Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea, and you're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom and welcome to our living room here. Maka Fleischer, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ishai. It's good to be here with you in our living room. Indeed, indeed it is. Uh, we are in our living room, as so many others, maybe millions of Israelis right now, uh, are in, not in quarantine, not exactly in curfew, but strongly encouraged to not be out and about, not to meet other people. Uh, today was the last Chabad minion that I went to this morning. Wow, that's a uh, weird sound. Yeah, it was until you know until this um, season of hibernation, shall we say, season of hibernation is ended. Introspection, if you will. Yeah, it's you know what it's introspection, and and on the on the next half of the show with Rabbi Mike Foyer. So stay tuned for that. We recorded via Zoom for the first time. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Uh, but we will be getting, we did a, a pretty good job, but I spoke with Ben Bresky and we're going to do a better job for next week. We have, we have another way well, of doing it's, it. It's really a brave new world, right? You really yes. got to like learn how to do your regular life in a really irregular right. way. Right. So, so, or so, to live your irregular life in a regular way. I don't know. Well, let, let me drill down on that. And, and I talk about it a little bit more, uh, on the next half with Rabbi Mike Ford, but I just wanted to make this, this point, um, on on Sunday, this uh, past Sunday, went to work. It was like a it was like a, a meeting day in, in Hebron. Actually, excuse me, no, 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 no. On Sunday, I I took uh, my good friends from the AJI, the AJA, which is the Australian Jewish Association. I took them, uh, toured them around. They were supposed to be here for an awesome tour in the land of Israel, uh, which they organized with twenty three people. Right, the whole like thing, the whole big tourism thing. Right, the whole thing with with high level folks, high level meetings, including uh, getting a briefing at the, the the American Embassy in Jerusalem, et cetera, et cetera. And it all went totally kaplooey. And basically, the state of Israel just was like, "Here's the way to the door, and we'll Bye-bye. see you. We'll see you <laughs> next time. Bye bye." Right? Yes. Plus, there's no restaurants for you to eat at. Right. And their hotel. Like kick them out, right? And but they put them in a different hotel. They, oh, they, yeah, they, yeah, they didn't put them on they the put street. Them in or the anything. Corona hotel, you know. Yeah, and, and no. by the way, we are talking about the. We are just to make it clear. If maybe you're living on the moon or something, there's a coronavirus pandemic, uh, which is going throughout the world. Uh, 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 an an event which has not been seen um, in the world in a hundred years, uh, anything like that. Interestingly enough, one of the interesting videos that I did see. Uh, this week was of um, of uh, Bill Gates, Microsoft founder, talking about what the dangers of a global pandemic in 2005, I think. And I was like, wow. He, and he really kind of like laid out the, the challenges and the problems. Any case, I toured them around. I brought them to Chevron with all the weirdness. Like we couldn't go inside the building and we all like stayed away from one another and kept us, our distances as us. Used being, hand gel. Right. Yisha, let's not forget that just like a little bit before, like a day and a half before, you got out of your quarantine. Right. I got out of quarantine. Because you had been in quarantine for having been in contact with somebody at CPAC in Washington. Washington, by the way. Like, when are we going to see that city again? When are people from one city going to see another city again? Wait, so uh, we'll get to that in a second. And I want you to ask those questions, but I just wanted to get to that, that I I toured around these Australians (laughs) We actually went into a national park. A guard came up to us and was like, please take your foreigners out of here, okay? <laughs> they like basically kicked us out. So my Australian friends, but we still had a great day. 
And then on, on Monday, it was like a sunny day. And you and I decided that it was a hiking day. We took my mom. We went to a place in well, the land of Israel. Well, school was off. School was off. And uh, we went to this place called Um Zuka. Um Zuka. Yeah, we're like, well, school is off, so... You don't want. You're not going to go to the mall, right? You it's can't like go to the you mall. got the coronavirus. So the mall what are you is literally do? shuttered. The mall. Well, is I don't closed. think it had been shut by then. Oh, yeah. Things have moved so quickly, Shai, yeah. that it's hard to keep track. We should have kept and, a diary or something. Yeah, we should. And not only that, you were the one that called it. That like the way that the government is speaking to us is like piecemeal instead of like. Right. They were preparing us like one step at a time for this new reality. And when when Netanyahu said, basically, our prime minister has been getting on TV with us like every other day, almost, which is very, very unusual. I think it was three days in a row that he was on actually talking <laughs> to us directly. I'm not sure if it was three days in a row. I think there was alternate alternating days, but I don't know. It's it's I'm in such a like in a, in a state of like shock and amnesia right now that I don't even know. But anyway, the prime minister was getting on TV with us a lot, which is really weird. You, he doesn't really get in, on TV with us even once a year, right? It's just like very, very rare that he's like broadcast live like that on TV. And at some point he goes like earlier on a little bit. He's like, Israelis are going to have to get used to like a new way of living. Now, when you hear that in like when you're living in your normal life, what you think to yourself is like, Okay, I used to go to Burger King, and now I go to McDonald's. It's like a new way of living, right? But that, when you hear, like, a very big leader, like, throw at you words, like, you're going to have to get used to a new way of living, what they mean is, like, your life is about to change. For real. And that's what's happening. Here in Israel, they, um, they told us that the schools are closed until after Passover, which is like 23, 25 days away, something like that. So initially everyone's like, whoa, 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 after Pesach. That's so long, right? We don't have a, there wasn't meant to be a vacation like that for kids out of school. And now also with jobs, right? There's a lot of people who've been put on um, what they call unpaid vacation, which is basically we're not firing you. We don't, it's not like you're not doing a good job or something. We're not firing you. But we cannot pay you. So you're going on unpaid vacation starting right now. And a lot of employees also were told that they're being put on unpaid vacation until after the Passover holiday, right? Because that's kind of like the next thing in the horizon of the Jewish world. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think some magical thing is going to happen after Pesach. Where it's like, okay, well, we've now done the Passover holiday. We ate our matzah. I mean, unless we're talking about if you want to get into like the whole other thing, like the spiritual world, and there's people talking about, you know, uh, the Mashiach is coming, and like a lot of a lot of like much, much, much bigger picture things. But like putting that aside for a second and just going into like the natural, regular world of regular living, I don't see why there should be any particular change after Passover. In fact, we heard a very depressing report on the the uh, television this evening that said that the, the Israeli health ministry is saying that the peak of coronavirus in Israel is going to be next winter. A year from now will be the height of coronavirus before it starts to settle down again, which is like, 
Maybe that's like, true. What Malka. do you even do with that, Malka? Maybe that's true, but maybe that's not the height of coronavirus, but the hype of coronavirus. I don't know what the truth is. I don't and either. I, but why I, would they say that? But but I don't. But I don't want to use this platform to to spread that kind of stuff because I don't know All the right. truth. And 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 Fine. I, well, here is the oh, truth. Hold on one second. Hold on. Yes. Hold on. Because I was still in actually in a longer schwung, which is I took my Australian friends yeah. one day. Then we went hiking. We went hiking in the land of Israel. We went to some far flung place in uh, the Jordan Valley, above the Jordan Valley. And we saw their irises Beautiful. of the Gilboa, these special, special yeah, special like only found their species. They were so beautiful. And and purple. W- purple. We walked over, we saw the whole Jordan Valley below us, all the farming communities. Uh, at some point we actually started running we, we we estimated the hike based on the information that I had on from the internet. It turned out to be a longer hike unless we somehow misstepped. But the bottom line was that we started running low on water. And I started getting a little bit nervous. I started rationing the water. And, uh, you know, I didn't think we were going to be in deep trouble, but we were going to be in a little bit of trouble. And suddenly this, like, white Jeep, which is obviously like a white donkey, (laughs) right? A white old Range Rover drove up the mountain where we were standing. And the guy pulls over and just, he doesn't even pull over. He, like, stops the car. He goes, you need water? I go, yeah. He just pulls up the handbrake and gets out and gives us a in the back cold, of his car is this like big jug of water. It was beautiful, not, not a jug, a, a, like a like a like a bottle, like a liter and a half bottle, but it was good and cold and nice, and it was it was really nice. And uh, we kept going on that hike. We saw cows. So beautiful yellow flowers. By the way, my mom a looked tree into tree filled with chirping birds. Oh yeah, the tree filled with chirping birds. We made a beautiful video that I put on my Facebook page, and uh, you made it was your idea. But we put it on my Facebook page and, and on Twitter. On Twitter, it was retweeted by by our friend Imam Tawhidi, and this led to it being seen seventeen thousand times. Wow! I had I had some good Twitter moments. Uh, yeah, you uh, had the, good tweets this week. Yeah, had some good tweets, um, and so 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 that was very powerful. But you know, with that movie that we made, the message that I had was, well, if we're going to be in this situation, let us really. Thank God for what we have. Be with our family and get back to nature. And and enjoy this thing. Little did I know that the nature was going to be also disallowed here in Israel. Uh, and, and I mean, not militantly disallowed. Right, not militantly disallowed. Uh, disallowed. You don't like go to jail for you know if you're if you're not officially in quarantine, then you're not like in trouble if you're found right. outside your house. But a lot of new restrictions have put in place. For example, and restrictions are like strongly advised. Right, these strongly advised type of restrictions. For one, you're not really supposed to go out of your house. <laughs> you're not supposed to go outside. Right. Um, they make allowances for people with children who need to air out the kids and people with pets who need to like take their dog for a walk. They also say that people should go outside for 10 minutes a day and just like take a little walk, a little walk around the block, but to make sure that they stay uh, separate from the people around them. Also, Israeli... Um, Public transportation has been severely limited or strongly limited might be a better way to put it. Basically, there's no, whereas public transportation in Israel, uh, I know for sure in the Jerusalem area, I don't know about in Tel Aviv, in the Jerusalem area ran until midnight, including like buses to and from Tel Aviv would run until midnight. Um, But now all of that is shut down after 8 p.m., Moreover, there is no public transportation Friday or Saturday. Now, there, now in Jerusalem area especially, there was never public transportation on Saturday. Uh, but now it won't be. In Tel Aviv, there was just a, uh, 
all kinds of uh, of um, activists who who tried to make it that there would be public transportation in Tel Aviv on Shabbat, and that was finally uh, achieved just in time for it to be shut down, basically. So now there's no public transportation also in Tel Aviv um, on Friday and Shabbat. Um, yeah, so so the the kibosh has been laid down basically on movement, and we were kind of excited, Isha, after our after our tiul, after our trip, uh, by the thought that we would go on more trips. Now that we were right, kind of uh, off of school, off of work, now, but you, it looks like that's not exactly right. Now, happen. if you see if you see that video, you'll see that we're standing in this like field of green and yellow flowers, very green field with yellow flowers and the tree that is filled with these chirping birds that just go chirping, chirping, full of, full of life. And, and because I was swept up in the feeling of that, I felt to myself like, 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 like this is, this is the, you know, like let's, let's get back to the human spirit through this whole crisis and find ourselves again. And I think actually some people have been doing that. Right. But today, uh, then, then I went to Hebron yesterday. Right. And the place was shuttered. And there was just no tourism. And the Lord, in his infinite kindness, swept in a real, like, rain, but a cloudy, right, cold, cold, like, I want to... Like, stay indoors type of right, rain. Right, exactly. Like, you don't want to be out there. And, um, and the kids are home and all that. And it's cold outside. You can't even go outside. And I and I realized that, and I, I talk about this in the next half as well. But I, I realized in my heart, like, wait a minute, it's not, it's not just about getting back to nature or communing and all that kind of stuff. It's actually about becoming more plugged into the digital world. And today, one of the big things that I did was I started familiar familiarizing myself much more with Zoom as a technology, and realizing that this is like. Like like right now in our house, like I would get a faster internet connection even more. It's like it's like that's what that's where we're at right now. We're at a moment where like and then I saw Elazar, our son, talking to some friends in class on on uh, on Google, Google Hangouts, Hangouts, and it was like the old Brady Bunch thing <laughs> where you saw all the faces. There's a story, right, of, of a boy named Elazar, and he was like talking to like four friends at the same time. That wasn't working perfectly well, but. But it was nice. It was nice but for it was him nice. to see some familiar, yeah. friendly faces. Yeah, and and I just I just realized like if God was going to quarantine all of us in the house, He created that whole internet and that way of connectivity, but you know in order to 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 ameliorate the pain, but also God is saying, no, I want you to dive even I want you to dive even deeper into this thing. That's what I was like I was like taken aback because my message on the video was like. Come back to family, come back to values, come back to nature. And then I was like, and then the next day I was like, wait a minute. You know, actually dive deeper into digitization, which is a, a word I mean. Right. You know, and, and I, I thought to myself, and I'm, I think to myself really, just like Jewish, this is a Jewish tendency to think about the meaning of things. Sure. What's the meaning of things? And I that's said, what's like puzzling a lot of brains around here in Israel. We're asking ourselves, like, what? What do you like, want? What God? is this? Right. What do you want to teach us? What do you want? God? Not what is this rhetorical? Right. Like, what is this? But right. like, what is this? Like, why is this happening? What do we need to do? What is this all about? Uh, and I also was in shul today, and then I came back from shul, and you were rightfully angry with me. <laughs> um, 
But I'll tell you one happened in Shul, which did give me a little... Because I wasn't very happy that you went to, to the synagogue because yeah. I didn't want you to be near anybody. Yeah. So so uh, at Chabad, you know, they have, they have a, a, a tradition of um, reading Psalms of the day. It's right. like a group of Psalms, and every month you finish it. And in the Psalm that I read today, Malka, there was a Psalm, Psalm number 106, a long Psalm with kind of the history of the Jewish people from the Exodus... Uh, until coming to the land of Israel, and uh, and also in the land of Israel, it's like a historical. It like goes through kind of different things, and there's a there's a phrase there, verse thirty. So it's 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 Psalm one hundred six, verse thirty, and the psalm is it's about the when the Jewish people uh, messed around with the daughters of Midian, and there was that whole uh, that whole public exhibitionism thing that happened and then Pinchas slays came and slew the 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 actors and there was a plague that attacked the Jewish people this is in the book of wow. Bamidbar and there's a plague and it just says Vayamod Pinchas and Pinchas stood Vayipalel <coughs> excuse me Vayipalel and he prayed Vatatzer HaMagifa and the plague was stopped wow that's five words. Ve'yamod pinchas. And it was in this, we, this week's. It's in today's. It was today's psalm. It's today's psalm. Wow. Ve'yamod pinchas ve'yipalel ve'ta'atzer ha'magifa. And pinchas stood, he prayed, and the plague was stopped. Now, pinchas is, of course, also the the spiritual predecessor to Elijah the prophet. Right? Pinchas is pinchas hu'eliyahu. Right. And I just... Whoa. Now I'm not, you know, I'm not. You're not. Like, you're not. Uh, I'm not the guy who easy to succumb to these like Messiah things. I'm not. That just it's just not my thing, uh, for whatever reasons. We've talked about it maybe on the show, but what what always talks to me more than anything is the text, the letters, the words themselves. Like I can, I can, I can attach to that. You know what I mean? And I and I just and I've always liked and I've always I've always felt connected to the to the. Uh, image the the personage of uh, of Elijah the prophet but here just that those five words pinchas he prayed and that's also another thing we we do have to make sure that with all of our beeps and bleeps and tweets and all the stuff that we pray and Maka that's I recommend biggest. that tomorrow morning when we get up yeah like let's take the time we've got to pray just to make it today that's for Maka. sure we've got to pray just to, to make it today Rabbeinu Bobby Brown you know what I mean? <laughs> you gotta pray just to make it today. You gotta, you know, you gotta be, you know, because we're living on a prayer, Malka. We're halfway there. We're halfway there, you know. And uh, well, you know who's not gonna be halfway there to the land of Israel right now? Who? Anybody who's <laughs> not a citizen or a oh, resident. Oh snap! <laughs> Earlier today, I kind of like got a weird feeling, and I wrote to some of my family members, and I'm like, you know, I always think to myself that if anything is going on bad, that the place you want to be is the land of Israel. Right. I just always, that's like my Baruch Hashem, in the, especially in the modern era when the state of Israel is strong and successful. It really adds to the feeling that you don't necessarily want to be out in the diaspora when something is happening. Um, although, although, although the the diaspora is safer today because there's a Jewish state. Yeah, you know, if there wasn't a Jewish state right now and there was this plague, then tons of folks 
I wrote we'll this on Twitter. The Jews. We'll be blaming the Jews. So, so, and the Jewish there state. were even people so, I saw that people right, were so some then, people were blaming the Jews. Uh, uh, right. So I so I, I wrote I wrote on Twitter. Thank God for the state of Israel. I'm thankful because if it wasn't for the state of Israel, we'd be in a lot of trouble. So people wrote to me in disagreement. They're wow. like they're like they're like no, bro. Uh, there's plenty of people blaming the Jews. I'm like, exactly. Right. That's my point. That would exactly. Be so much worse. It would be so much worse if people would be physically attacking them. Here, in this case, they know that there's an Israel which is protecting the Jewish people, you know, and, and is going to fight you. And you're, and they also have where to run to. They have more confidence, and there's an ally. It's a, it's a completely different world. Whereas Rabbi Mike Foro always says, we're re-embodied in the state of Israel, and the Jewish people in the land of Israel. We're re-embodied. That body, like, fights for us. Right. You know, and we're very thankful that we have that. So I reached out to some of my family members in America because I don't really have uh, I have your family here in Israel. I'm right. so lucky for that. And I have the greater Jewish family. Right. But in terms of like my nuclear family, I don't have any nu- any family here in Israel. So I reached out to some of my family, not everybody, but just a few people. And I was like, you know, maybe you want to like just come here. You could stay in my house. I have kilos and kilos of rice. Uh, and food in this house and I'm even going to the grocery store tomorrow to try and do my uh, uh, like a big bulk of my Pesach shopping God willing and uh, and I was like maybe you want to come anyway the, for all of a variety of reasons not the least of which is that everybody's terrified to go to the airport because of uh, a fear of getting infected so nobody nobody took my bait but it didn't really matter anyway because just a few hours later there was an announcement that Israel has sealed its borders to all foreigners. That's it. The land of Israel is closed. <laughs> did you did you see that graphic that was circulating with yeah the, the, the globe the, and the it's globe. like sorry we are closed We're closed yeah. So uh, so but the the land of Israel is closed to anyone who's a non-resident right. up until now. The last like whole two weeks or three weeks, whatever's whatever this it's gone so quickly it's like hard to keep track of it. But the the previous maybe, maybe directive. We should, maybe we should tell the kids to do a little bit of like writing tomorrow. You like know, a journal. A little journaling. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad idea. We we should do a little journaling ourselves. You're right. Maybe. You're right. Um, but it used to be that that foreigners were sort of discouraged to come to Israel, but if you wanted to come to Israel, you could, as long as you could prove that you you had a place where you could quarantine. So, for example. If your sister's coming to Israel, your sister goes, well, I'm going to be at my sister's house for two weeks. Right. So let me in. And then Israel would be like, okay. Right. But it's not like that now. I mean, first, the, the thing was you can only come if you have a place that you can quarantine. Everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's <laughs> yeah. a place I can quarantine. Right. And then you would, you know, you could quarantine. Now, even if you are the Jewish Jew, they won't let you in. And you're like, my brother lives here. Right. That, like, it gives me a little bit of chills. Yeah. It's like, it, it, my brother lives here. They won't let you in. Right. I wonder if there's any exceptions to this. I wonder if Aliyah is still available. Aliyah is available. Yeah. If you, you want to make. You know who made Aliyah? Stephen Flato. But he didn't make he didn't make Aliyah today. He made Aliyah during the coronavirus. During the coronavirus, yeah. he made Aliyah. Yeah. But that was when they were letting in people who could have a place to quarantine. I, I wonder if, if people could make Aliyah. But anyway, the point is that now, if you were thinking to come to Israel, seemingly you cannot. Maybe you can beg someone. Maybe you can 
pay somebody. I don't know how it works. Um, maybe you could still make Aliyah. I would consider it. Look, even though I got to be honest with you, this is not this is not going to necessarily be the nicest thing I ever say. But I have to say, I'm a little bit upset with Israel right now. Mm. Um, let's like we can put maybe you want to talk about like the political stuff. I'm not sure if you do. But um I'm a little bit annoyed because Israel for years and years has known that it is low on the rankings in terms of the developed countries and their like health industry. Now, Israel has great health care, I think, for a country which has socialized medicine. Um, you know, you can get good health care, you can get regular health care, it's pretty affordable, and that's amazing, right? I, I have availed myself, you have availed, we've all used this, this health care system. And people feel very comfortable to go to the doctor because it's not expensive. You go to the doctor, you go to the dentist, you, you do the things you have to do. But it turns out that Israel like doesn't have enough hospital beds. It doesn't have enough like space it, it, for people in the hospital. It's ranked pretty low in the OECD uh, rankings, which means like of the developed countries that make the OECD, we're, we're not at the top there. Not even close. We're at the bottom. We're, we're towards the bottom. And there's a few other things, even in terms of education, other things. We have some stuff that we're behind on. Right. But um, now here, Isha, you know, it's like one thing and, to say. And that's why we had to do so much quarantining because, right. because the country because was not ready to. Because we don't have the capacity. Right. Israel's not prepared to deal. Now, right. there's a certain blessing in that also, which is like if a country is like, oh, we're fine. We could totally. We've got this lots of hospital nothing. beds, right? That's not necessarily the way you want to go either. Right. Um, so th- I guess there's a blessing in that that uh, paucity because then you have to be like extra extra vigilant, right? But um, but even still, like it doesn't make me feel great the thought that like there's not enough ventilators, right? I agree with you, and 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 let me add to that another thing. Uh, let me add to that another thing, which is you're saying okay, we have a, a medical lack here in Israel. Okay, well then our awesome government's gonna just hop to it, wouldn't it? Right? But nay. We have a government right now which is infighting. Which is incapacitated by incapacitated itself. Incapacitated by itself. <laughs> and these, and these you know, e- ego wars. And I am, you all know, and you know, Malka. Yep. I'm a, I'm a lover, a deep, deep, what does it mean? The word lover of this country is, 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 is not the right word because my whole life I've dedicated to loving this country and to promoting it, et cetera. Right, I <laughs> really have, you know, and it's a it's fused with nationalism, but it's fused with 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 a deep religious sense and and all that altogether. And I w- I married you on that basis in, in many ways because we shared that vision. We wanted right. to share that vision and to grow our children in, in such a vision. So so you know, love this love 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 Israel and all of the uh, all of the meanings of Israel. Uh, and, and we're ready and to deal with some of the crazy nutsness. I'm ready to deal with all of the crazy nutsness, but I am bitterly disappointed, bitterly disappointed in what I'm seeing today. I'm just, I am. You mean in terms of the government? In terms of looking at my country's government and seeing it not come together shoulder to shoulder the way it should right now drop all of the other stuff and just say it is meaningless at this time we have a a a crisis which is which is a killer on two planes we're fighting on two fronts one is the health front 
And the other is the economic disaster. The economic fund. one is, is might be worse. That's what I'm saying. And and the, my point is is that like right now, if I saw a leader being like, "Hey, we'll fight again tomorrow," just drop it all right now. Just forget it. I would bring the Arabs in also. By the way, if I, if the Arabs would behave this way, if they if they would be not the same, you know. No, but they're like they're, they're no, like they're just, here we go. They're just like basically. Like, yeah. I think I saw Ayman Oda on Twitter go something like, "What is the Knesset worth if we don't run it?" Whatever you know what I mean. All kinds of garbage. I don't even want to talk about them right now because uh, many many horrible phrases came out from from that party. The Arab parties have not shown any a, a, any of the hope for you know, any. Uh, there is no. There was no hope. But I'm saying even if one you know believes that 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 the uh, Arab Knesset members could show some responsibility, n- nothing nothing came forward at all. But like, for God's sakes, I would just like to see people just be like, hey, forget it all right now. Just drop it all. So let's get to business. Let's just help everybody we can. Let's just, and, and to even take up, I, I tell you, Maka, to even take up one minute of news time to talk about this politician or that politician, or this rationale, it's disgusting to me. I'm disgusted by it. I, all I want to hear them say is, yo, there's there's nothing else right now. We're going to solve this crisis. We're going to fight this battle, and then I mean, I look, I you know, I I'm very biased, right? Like I'm definitely a right wing person. I'm a religious person, and I see the the world and I see my country through that perspective. I try to understand all the perspectives, but that's how I really yeah. That's my lens. But I have to say, like I, I blame the blue and white party for this. I blame the I blame Israel Betaina for this. I, I also they, I, they I, came I, on the that that you have a sitting prime minister who's trying to deal with the situation, right? And instead of going, you know what, like let's pass a law. They love to pass laws, right? Yeah. Instead of passing a law that's like let's postpone, yeah, forming a government, yeah, until we like get a grip on this situation. Like, how about passing that law <coughs> or saying? We will join an emergency government. Basically, Netanyahu was like, please join my emergency government so that we can pass a budget, so that we can get help to people. And the Blue and White Party and Israel Beitena were like, no. Yeah. What we want to do is take the party, which has supporting terror is like the nice way of saying it. It's a party that is pro-terror pro-terror and yeah. has terrorists in it right and terrorists vote for it and terror families vote for it right and they support l- criminals in prison who have been uh, who have attacked jews and killed jews and and plan to do so in the future and that's like a major principle of their party right is to support those people and that the blue and white army generals from the state of israel four army generals whose whose life whose career was meant to be dedicated to annihilating people who think that way, mm-hmm. wiping them out of our region. And Israel Beitenu, this uh, Vigdor Lieberman, who who uh, seems to me to be like possessed. I don't know what happened to that man. That they would come together with the joint Arab list and say, "What can we achieve today?" We will achieve the the taking down of of Netanyahu. We're going to make every kind of law to make sure that that man, we're going to focus all of our energies. Our meetings are going to be about him. Our tweets are going to be about him. Our whole policy endeavor is going to be about taking down this one man so that we can 
seize power in Israel to me is like, it's like evil. Like, I, I don't know how else to put it. It's yeah. like, you, you know, I, I'm on Twitter a lot and I, I don't follow every single tweet that, that uh, Benny Gantz writes. But like, I've seen a lot and they're all about him and his power taking. Uh, that I'm going to go meet with Ruby Rivlin and I'm going to go, this is a big day for me. He says, like, like I cared about you ever, especially today. Right. We're like we're thinking to ourselves how the, the people of Israel are thinking to themselves. Am I going to be able to feed my family two months from now? Yeah. Literally. Yep. Am I going to be able to feed my family two months from now? And, and he's like, this is a big day for me. Well, whoop de do. It's not a big day for us. It's scary for us. And that they would want to do this to the people. It's like so insensitive. To want to like overthrow the leader at exactly the moment where Israel could use yeah. a strong leader the most. Yeah. Everything you're saying is, is, is spot on. And I, it's I re- very hurtful. It is. It's and it's very it's, confusing. Right. It's, 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 uh, it's disappointing more than to me. Anyway, it's more, more than anything to me. It's, I'm just disappointed by it all. And, and I, and I'm, I am right now trying again, back to that issue of trying to make sense or, or trying to have make meaning or or project meaning into this crisis is that uh, we need a new we need we need some new we need to we need to reconnect we we need to reconnect we we need a we need a we need a we need reform in the government system we need to somehow um you know I never want to I never want to turn to god because of just an hour of need that 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 we're using him but back to how uh Phineas Pinchas prayed, you know, we got to pray. Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? All, all I mean to say, I want to, I, I want to, I want to, in general, what I mean is I want to work for God. I don't want God to work for me. Like I'm, I'm very, like it doesn't I'm, work for you, Ishai, but you know me. I mean, I don't know when I'm ever, you know me, like I pray for a parking spot yes. on a regular basis. Yes, yes. No, you have a, your own actually parking angel now. It's. Uh, I don't know if I have an angel. I just like, maybe angel. I have like a. You know, like a uh, a pathway that I have, yeah. you know, dug with my fingernails to God on this specific you're issue. You're like in Shawshank Redemption. You keep writing the, you know, right, two, the letters two, two every letters day. day exactly. so like, uh, but so I wouldn't say yeah. that it's God working for us. All, Isha, all I meant but, to but say that's is that's part all, of the plan. It's all, that, all that, I mean that to say we is, need Hashem for our, for all the things that we have going on in our life. I I mean to say that I hope and I pray that we're able to use this moment to understand. That we need to fix the the hospital beds. We need more hospitals. We need more doctors. We need to go big on the doctors, not small on the doctors. We need a lot more nurses, a lot more doctors, and we need some government reform. We need some government reform, and we need to 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 have a system that empowers less of this egoism, egotism, and empowers more ser- uh, people who are uh, humble servants. Uh, of the people, we we need checks and balances. Here, I I have to say that I'm a I am a believer in the American uh, fathers, uh, f- founding fathers, that they understood that systems of government need to be made in such a way as it, in a sense, disempowers or disinclines people with with strong ego egotism to 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 have full reigns. Either that, or go the other way, which is the King David, you know. Reigning in our in our country as a as a as a great and benevolent monarch who who moves it forward, okay. 
but this but this uh but this situation is is you know and 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 you know the emperor wears no clothes the emperor is, is naked if it's such a crisis moment if it's such a human crisis moment they can't get over themselves you know to people like me i'm looking at them i'm telling you i'll never be able to look some of these people in the face and i will see them i'll be like who are you at the moment of crisis you're 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 junk in we say in russian you know like you're beneath contempt and that's and that's how I feel right now. And I'm and I'm and I'm going to finish off this segment with you in a hopeful way. That I actually hope that this crisis that has come to boil, that is, that is that is boiling over, is is going to lead to those changes because we need them. And maybe maybe it was this. Maybe it was such a for such a time as this that this crisis was created to bring to bring right. the people out. Well, it's definitely the case, Ishai, that sometimes Hashem has to. Do you want to do this the easy way or the hard way? Right. <laughs> they pick the hard way. They chose right? the hard way. The Jews, sometimes we need it this way. Um, and is that good? Not necessarily, but but uh, okay. You know what I mean? And uh, the idea is that we, we learn, that we grow, we get closer to Hashem. And I really pray also that during this period as we're you know all inside of our homes and we're all forced to get closer to each other, you know, closer to the kids. And right. you have to learn more patience and learn to like, live this like very alternative life that we're living now um as we get closer to to the to each other i hope that we also get closer to hashem and certainly like you said isha you know it can't just be about like oh my gosh and like sending coronavirus jokes sending coronavirus tweets looking at the tally of the coronavirus it's like this is the the rod in hashem's hand and we have to look at the hand not at the rod so uh, I really pray that uh, that all of you listening, wherever you are, uh, are safe and healthy and prosperous and and uh, have have food in your homes and peace in your homes and and um, obviously we have to spend some time and and be entertained and etc. But don't make it all about being entertained and and just passing the time. But also take moments to really call out to Hashem. Because he's in control of this situation. Amen. Amen. Remember verse, uh, uh, chapter 106, verse, what did I say it was? Verse 30, right? Is that what I said? Yep, verse 30 uh, in the Psalms. I also want to say, uh, first thing, thank you to the donors who helped this show and the Torah of the show get broadcast out to the world. If it's Sarah and Nathan, I want to thank them very much. If it's my friend, the Michels, uh, out in uh, Switzerland. Uh, if it's um, if it's my friend Cynthia out in California who really make the show uh, go further to May the Hashem world. Hashem bless you all. Hashem bless you with health and success right now, both uh, spiritual and 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 uh, earthly success. Uh, I also want to urge everybody to um, help make the show keep being broadcast. And, and the other things that we do right now is the is is really a special time Crunch to time. give. It's yeah, it's a special time to give. And those who can give right now. Oh, and I, my my buddy Jake. Uh, I want to, and also my buddy Fred, uh, the, the folks who give, thank you so much. And those who can't give right now, it's an awesome, awesome thing if you can give right now because um, because it's a tough moment and and any you know chesed uh, towards towards doing good things right now uh, is is very much appreciated. Uh, so check out ishaifleischer.com. 
Uh, and also, of course, the Jewish community of Hebron needs your help. So please check out hebronfund.org. Our tours are at zero. Soldiers are, are, are uh, what's it called? They're, they don't have any shore leave. They don't have any leave. Right, they're stuck on base. They're stuck on base. They can't go home. We have to entertain them. We have Pesach coming up. We got to, we gotta, you know, continue to, to have security, in the, which we provide in Hebron. So we got a lot of stuff that a lot of costs, and, and the regular money is not coming in. So uh, so help us out, please, there, Hebron Fund. And hopefully book your tour for the summer. You know, hopefully, Bezrat Hashem, it'll be, it'll be normal. You know, like, like we got Pesach coming and like just all of our, the, 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 the. You know what's the good news about all this, though, Yishai? What is it, Mama? Emir Hashem, unless Mashiach comes and makes it absolutely amazing. Regardless, when this, sto- this stuff starts to, to die down, every single restriction which is lifted right we're gonna feel like a million bucks you know what my, my it must be like what it is it's so apropos that this is happening before pesach yes when the jewish people were enslaved when the jewish people were were oppressed when the jewish people were were really really stuck right and then hashem like just took us out of there right and he freed us and then we were free yes i envision now like when they're gonna say the airports are open. Right. And tourists can come back. You're right. And who are these tourists? We're going to be- These are people who love Israel. They sure. love the land of Israel. Oh they want to be here. Oh my gosh. Right? And, and I like, it's closed now. And it's a weird feeling. On the one hand, it's sort of a secure feeling, right? Yeah. Because you know that they're doing it so that we can minimize contact with anyone who could be sick and to really try to like with an iron hand to like crush this, this sickness. Yeah. On the other hand, it's sad. You know, we, we appreciate and love being a place where people will come and see the Holy Land and, and, and join us. You sure. know what I mean? And, and, We're all about and, that. And like be here with us yes. yeah, temporarily or permanently. Um, and so I look forward to that day when we're going to get the notification like, okay, yeah. so like flights are coming in from New York. So you know my, what I mean? my, my mother said to me about this, she goes, she remembers the Yom Kippur War and that there was a blackout. The, uh, a forced blackout. They turned off all the lights in the city, all the lights in the houses. The windows were covered. Everything was covered right. so that the bombers couldn't bomb you know, Jerusalem couldn't and Tel Aviv right. and Haifa and all that. And even the headlights were like little slivers wow. were left over. Like everything was blackened out to black tape on everything. It was just, it was blacked out. And she says when, when that was lifted, her and her friend walked the streets of, uh, I don't remember if it was Haifa or Tel Aviv. She said, we were drunk. We were drunk with light right to see the lights of 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 a living city again and uh and that's that's what i feel right now i feel like we're going to be bizrat hashem we're going to feel drunk and there's going to be a yearning a yearning for the land of israel a yearning for 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 to, to, go to touch the, it to, to go to jerusalem to have a piece of the rock you know what i mean to just to, to people are going to be like i'm not going to miss it again i'm not i'm not going to miss it right I'm now not, that i'm, I'm not, free right, i'm and not going to take like, it for imagine granted. what it will feel like to like hug your good friend yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Or to like take your kids out to do something fun. Yep. Or to go to a store and buy yourself like a dress. Yeah. Now in America, they don't relate to this yet. Right. They're not there yet. I I sort of wish they would get there a little faster because yeah, I think will. it would be for their good. <clears throat> they will. But uh, yeah. Maka, let's let's uh, end off this half of the show. Oh, I forgot one more organization that we two more. Trelet. Still a great time to buy some toilet right now. Well, they, are they still sending? Uh, I'm sure they're sending. I don't know if it'll make it from Israel to America now uh, uh, fast enough. But still, 
a yeah. great thing to have. And T-E-K-H-E-L-E-T. Maybe, they, maybe we can still manage to get some pears for our kids before that's right. And also, That's right. We should do that tomorrow. We'll order that. And then also, just one last organization, I think, is a little organization called The Land of Israel Network with an amazing headquarters at, on the Arugot Farm and a wonderful radio station. Um, it's also hurting right now with the situation. So check out the Land of Israel, uh, the Land of Israel Network. And if you love these shows and if you could spare a dollar, you know, uh, <coughs> please, please um, be generous. That cough, that sounded like. <coughs> that would, no, that was. If a, you could spare a dollar. Yeah, that was, you thought that was on purpose? <laughs> I think it's a little bit of, the, of allergies. Not, you know not what? Not coronavirus. Not, I, my, I think last week I yeah. sounded really bad. My voice right. is almost totally back. I told you you have to write a CV. I didn't mean this thing, Malka. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, last week my voice was really bad, but still I have like a little bit of a cough left. Right. Anytime. So today I went out for the uh, my house for the first time in like four days. Right. I went out just because there was a store downstairs. I wanted to get some stuff out of it. I know they're closing in a few days. Right. Oh my. And gosh. I wanted to get some stuff for Pesach, uh, just so I would have stuff for Pesach, even though it's like like a few weeks from now. And I like coughed. And I'm like, it's not Corona. That's like the thing I know how to say. It's like, right, I'm like, <coughs> I'm like, it's not Corona. And everyone's like, ah, right? Mm-hmm, There's yeah. like a little laugh. People get really nervous. Oh, and in our town, there are three uh, confirmed there are cases. Three right confirmed now. cases, okay, at least. So yeah. let's finish off this half. Uh, Rabbi Mike Foyer is coming on next. We recorded on Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. And so, so hang out with me here on the show. Uh, you know, I, if if it's a long show, maybe that's good because what else are you going to be doing? Yeah, seriously, what do you so, got to do? So hang out to hear Rabbi Mike for it. And let's let's uh, close off this part of the show by really blessing everybody. Lots yes, of blessings. Mamash. Lots of b- both bl- blessings of briut, of health, uh, and blessings for financial, uh, uh, I don't know, management of, 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 of blessings, of more, of, of, of uh having what you need and being able to give and being able to survive and all that kind of stuff and that the world and the, God will soon restart the economic engine uh, and uh, restart our, our, our life again. And maybe this time with, with more, you know, more awareness, more, more, thought. more beauty, more beauty. Yeah. You all know, right? Ishai, the, the gates to Israel are closed. Yeah. But the gates of prayer and the gates of blessing are never closed. That's right. That's right. So here from the land of Israel, we really send you our blessings. That everything should be good for you. Everything should be happy for you. Um, keep praying. Keep smiling. Keep your chin up. Our forefathers were through some really hard things. Right. So keep your chins up. Do what you got to do. And, and with God's help, we're going to be okay. All right, folks. You are listening to the Yishai Fleischer Show here on the Land of Israel Network. Malka Fleischer, I want to thank you so much. For joining me on the show, I want to wish you a Shabbat Shalom. I want to wish you continued success here raising the kids and dealing with this whole situation. I also want to thank uh, uh, my good friends Moshe Herman uh, and uh, Ben Bresky and Tabitha for getting the show up and out. So up and at them. That's what we're doing out here. Stay tuned for Rabbi Mike Four. More great stuff is on the way. Stay tuned. Stay strong. Stay connected. Shalom. Lots of health. Amen. Shalom. This week on Israel Uncensored with Josh Haston, an interview with Rabbi Zev Shandalov, who says despite the coronavirus outbreak, the focus shouldn't be on what we can't do, but on what we can. Organizing something, reading something, learning, talking to people on the phone that we may not normally get to, 
We saw an unbelievable amount of rain this winter with the Kinneret almost full and a time where we're being told to use an inordinate amount of water now to wash our hands. That's Israel Uncensored with Josh Haston on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Shalom and welcome to uh, what is usually the Yishai Fleischer show, but in this case, it's uh, it's a little bit different because it's being done in a different format, so it may have a different kind of name, and that is that Rabbi Mike Four and myself are on right now via Zoom and You're recording my world now. it. That's right, we're in your world, uh, and well, what can I tell you, Rabbi Mike? I got to tell you the last uh, first thing. Thanks so much for Shalom and welcome. Thanks for joining me. Uh, on the show today, thanks oh, for setting it up. So good to see you, Mamish. I hope I hope we're I hope we're, uh, we're we're doing it right. There's a lot of technological questions. That's true. And and I I want to start off right now with with the, before we get to the Torah portion, uh, really to talk about uh, the the situation as it is. The last few hours, I've been dedicated to trying to figure out how to communicate with you and to do this show. And I was looking at phone recording. And, and and finally we settled on Zoom. Good old fashioned Zoom. You can't do wrong. Now here's here's what's what's so fascinating to me. Exactly. When this when this plague pandemic started, mm-hmm. uh, so I thought to myself, okay, we're gonna all learn to be closer with our families, gonna kind of be more at home and reconnect with uh, with one another physically. Naturally. That was my first initial thought, right? Right. Yeah. But you know what? It turns out. It turns out that actually, this thing may be a catalyst for digitization. It's like it's almost like we are actually learning to go more digitized because of the situation. Right? There's like a lot of actually, truth like, that. Right, like you are after this show, you're teaching a class to your uh, students at Pardes, and you told me that Pardes has moved over to the digital format and platform completely, and, and has almost not shuttered learning at this time it's amazing that we've closed the building the building is locked and yet the schedule has been maintained without break and i'm not just talking about all of the classes so i personally teach twice in the afternoon and once in the morning in the weeks i'm still meeting with the second year students that i mentor i still have administrative i have two administrative meetings on thursday right i mean like in in, in essence my work life has not lessened in at all it's it's both amazing because thank God I'm involved in spreading Torah, so it's really holding people up. But it's also a little bit disconcerting. We all kind of said, "We had a snow day or something." I mean, Sunday we went digital. It was just like that's it. We're just like everything always normal. It's a little bit exhausting. Right. So so it's almost like I thought. So, I, at first, I thought to myself, "Wow, God is really like bringing us back to nature, bringing us back to family." And then it it dawned on me like last night or this morning. I was like, "Wait a minute." We're actually going through a process of like, it's as though this is the, uh, the catalyst for a super online presence, for super digitization. And it's like, it's the like, oh my God, like. Is freedom right now. I mean, just think about it. I, I think, you know, God, I don't think God is, is sending us back to nature. God sent us to our room. That's been my image. It's like the whole country has been sent to their room. I mean, you're a parent of small children. It's like, go to your room. Yeah, but what happens when you go to your room and instead of having to stare out the window, the birds fly by, you got, you've got a smartphone. So you're just going to go deeper in. 
Right. And okay, that's really what's happening. First, like, like, like at first, before they announced these uh, certain amount of quarantine measures, we're these, calling these it closures. Shelter in place. <laughs> yeah, shelter Everyone in place. Just hunker down and do not leave your house. It's not a joke. Right. I'm not before, joking. Right. Before they announced that, let me change the setting here for a second. Before they announced that, uh, it, it was. Uh, it, it wasn't like that, right? It no. wasn't. It wasn't like that. Uh, so, so suddenly, I'm saying that that like, I'm I'm uh, I'm just shocked at, at, at where it's all going, and it's almost like God is like training us. I want you to be more in this space. I'm still fascinated by that because uh, because why? Why do we? And and my wife said to me something this morning, which I thought was very interesting. She she reminded me of what I always say about Parsha Noach, that inside the uh, inside the ark maybe they were like in test tubes yeah, yeah you know and they were so like are we like actually losing our physicality and entering this like mind digital space are we all becoming like max headroom you know what i mean <laughs> so funny by the way you just dated yourself in a very narrow window there um but i <laughs> had to belong to that same window so I, exactly we are but watch max headroom yeah, yeah. Um, max max that's right <laughs> Anyway, yes, and I think that that uh, on some level it's extremely important to actually do what you originally said, which is go deeper into the body. I mean, I actually got to homeschool my kids this morning. I have five kids at home right now. Two um, are teenagers. One is actually looking at her bogriot, these sort of uh, matriculation exams for a very serious event in 11th grade life in Israel. She's just working, working, working constantly, taking care of herself. She's getting WhatsApps for teachers and. She's got a computer, and she's, she's been working nonsense. She's getting up, working, working. I wouldn't say she's happy about it, but give her credit. I mean, she's getting it done. Um, but the three younger ones, my, my, uh, my 12-year-old, my 10-year-old, and my 5-year-old, they need to yeah, we And right today or last night, the prime minister announced that you shouldn't even go to the park. <laughs> so right. so um, it's like this morning, just le dugma, as we say, um, we all prayed together. I mean, I prayed first, and I facilitated their prayer. Um, and, and then we we um, did a project of building bridges out of um, the boxes of cereal boxes to see how much weight they could hold. Um, and, and then we had uh, the classic Israeli tuna new shenet, right? You know, smoked tuna Israeli style, you must know, right? People don't know. If you get to, if you, and you do, but those that don't realize that this is like a, uh, I don't even know what to compare it to. Like, a culture, it's a cultural icon. Yeah, but what would yeah. you compare, compare it to in American culture? It's not really like roasted marshmallow. I don't know. But you do is you take a can know. of tuna and oil, you fold toilet paper in a ritualistic fashion on top to make a wick, you light on fire, and you let it burn all the oil off and poof, smoke tuna. So this actually actually occupies a lot of time when you have a five-year-old, ten-year-old, twelve-year-old that would sit there and watch burning tuna. For Where did your smoke days. go? Did you do it on the balcony? Of course, yeah. No, I'm not that stupid. Um, yeah, and what else did we do? Oh, then we did target practice with my son's Nerf, um, Nerf cross, Nerf uh, compound bow, which was actually a lot of fun, and I want you to know. But anyway, my point is, I missed that. I'm good. I said I'm good. Um, oh, you shot them good? Okay. Yeah, so but, but my point is, is that they, there is an opportunity, like you said, to move deeper into these relationships. But I think that people like yourself and myself who aren't going to give up on the larger mission outside of the family just because God sent us to our rooms, it's a huge blessing what we're being able to do right now. And when I wrote you this well, morning, I was like, we got it. We got it in a show. Right. The word huge blessing, I'll agree to that, but it's dressed as a huge uh, global challenge. And you know what? As a student of history, you know that 
that, for example, World War II can be studied as the greatest catalyst of technology that ever happened. I'll give you, you something know, a little bit the, closer to the bone. The bubonic plague, Black Plague, wiped out half the population of Europe, more or less. And in so doing, elevated the value of the labor of a single human being to the extent that it transformed individuality in human society. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. saying it was therefore worthwhile, don't get me wrong, but you're entirely right. correct. These types of crises that cause reordering open up whole new horizons of potential. And one of the things that it behooves us to do is at this point, sitting in our rooms wondering what to do next, we should be wondering what's that horizon? What's the potential that's coming in the world right now as, as the old world passes? Yeah, I, 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 that's, that's, what I'm, that's, that's why where I came to this, this thinking like, whoa, like, like if we were prepared to be digitized, this has cat- like thrown us forward and like forced us into this. Like this very conversation, I, I, w- I think of as a type of watershed moment. This very conversation. I think I'm so of glad to be there. Type of watershed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's interesting that we're talking about the, um, let's call it re- ar- the re-architecting of a world in the wake, in the wake of... Goes. Yeah. Who knows, right? Uh, but but definitely, we'll, like for me, uh, sometimes I look at World War II and I think about submarine technology, radar technology, flight technology, yeah. communications, all that stuff. It was all developed throughout those those meager five years of the war, yeah. uh, and 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 transformed the world. Ra- radar was developed solely in World War II. Okay. The whole emergency and, medical system that we know was developed through war, largely uh-huh. Vietnam. Mm. Well, we're, we're, in a, we're in a twin Torah portion this Shabbat, which is Vaikal Pekudei, which is really about uh, the, uh, the building right. of the tabernacle. I'm with you. Just grab my chumash. Where'd you go? I'm with you. Oh, I'm just grab my chumash. Yeah. yeah, no problem. I just wasn't used. To, I didn't know that Max Hedrum <laughs> could leave the box. Leave the set. I just didn't know that. And <laughs> still. This is so. I have to tell you, this is just. This is. This is. This is. It, there's an element of surreal. I mean, and, it is surreal. And, and and you have to. And by the way, the two things that we have to maintain right now are humor and humility. It's like yeah. you have to laugh with it when you can. You know, I'm sure you know that that um, that uh, Natsum Transky, great prisoner of Zion, right, said that, that keeping a sense of humor was one of the most important things that allowed him to survive. Right. Dad and playing chess in his head. Right, but that, everybody was the chess in the head thing. But don't lose the sense of. Humor. I remember he tells a story in his book that he once told a joke to a guard. And these Russian guards are, I hate to be stereotypical about Russians, but he wasn't about to laugh, right? There's, you know, the guy's holding back and trucks, he looks him in the face and says, who's in prison right now? You can't laugh. Then you are, you are behind bars. Right. That's right. No, and, and there is a lot of humor. There will be, uh, you know, a mo- the, the, we will be able to make a montage. Actually, the memes right. have actually been. Hilarious. Yeah. Right. And if we survive this thing, we'll be able to really yeah. laugh at it one day. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like that was a joke, also. See, like more of a more of a dark. It was a grim like sort. Of, I, I let it roll. Yeah, grim. I like I like grim humor. Um, <laughs> makes it, it it speaks to my Russian side. Um, um, we have um, we have this character, the main character of this no narrative uh, section of of the Torah, which which really is going to end the book of of Exodus. So we're also in a transition period there. Uh, the main character is going to be Betzalel. Uh, he's going to be chosen as the guy who's going to make all the stuff. So all the stuff that we were told to make is going to be made. That's in this week's Torah portion. And he, and he kind of, and, and one might think that this is redundant or tautology, but uh, Rabbi, Rabbi uh, Berman 
Rabbi Professor Berman at, at Bar Ilan really showed that in, in the ancient Near East, uh, all the texts have this uh, recurring theme, which is somebody tells you to do something and then you do it. Yeah. And here you have, you are told to do something and then it gets actually done. done. Uh, so you have this Betzalel Benur, he's joined by, uh, by Oholiav Ben Achisamach from the, from the tribe of Dan. Rashi says that this tribe of, this, this combination shows that somebody from a very high tribe can also be connected with somebody from an ostensibly low tribe. Yeah, well, uh, that, that this was a meritocracy, right? Meaning that, that all that mattered was that they were the right man for the job. Right, and that's the exact you're saying. If, from the heights of Yehuda down to Don, didn't matter. Just make sure it's the right, right. guy for the job. It's the right guy. Uh, I mentioned last week that uh, it's called Betzalel ben Uri ben Chur, that uh, was the son of, meaning to say the, the forefather there is Chur, who gets murdered by the Jewish people, not by the Jewish people, probably by, by the heir of Rav, the mixed multitude. And so God recognizes that, this, this was something that I thought of years ago in my head, that, that, it, that it shows that God says, I didn't forget Chur who was murdered in the, in the, in the sanctification of God's name, uh, I'm going to choose his grandson to uh, to do this holy work of what he wanted to do originally, Chur, which was to con- continue a work of holiness. Um, and so I chose Chur. And I want you to know, Rabbi Mike, I found that in the Midrash. Oh, I did find it. In the, nice. of course, the Midrash, the Midrash that has it all is the Mi'am Loez. Yeah, Mi'am Loez just has just has it all. And the if you have time thing. to read it on Shabbat, I found exactly that 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 Chur was chosen that. Uh, that Bezalel was chosen was to actually, yeah, he was chosen in order to do kapara for the Jewish people for what they did to Chur. That's the way it's read over there. Um, and at some point, the Jewish people bring too much stuff. <laughs> right? There's, there's volunteerism <laughs> is asked for. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's like, okay, everybody, hold back. Why does the Torah spend time, I wanted to ask you, to kind of tell us, uh, okay, Jews, don't bring any more. You're, we're, we're done. We, we've, we've had enough of your gifts. Thank you, but, but that's not too much. Well, why does the Torah, like, why is, I could have just skipped over that. It, it, it didn't have to even have a, a verse, right? A right, actually, and that's something which the Torah says twice, both here in the sort of retelling and in the original commands. Um, I would say it's connected to one of the two fundamental motions of heart that are driving this process. There are two motions of heart that drive the building of the Mishkan. And the one that... that oh, this I, is lost you, I lost you for a second. Can you repeat that for me? Because I yeah, lost I said, you for a second. I said two motions of heart that are driving the construction of the Mishkan. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to both of them, but this one is, is, is Nidivat Lev. Right? That if you look, that the um, right at the beginning, right? So not quite at the beginning, but when the actual um, giving begins, Right? It says, Kachumi etchem trumal Hashem, kol nediv libo yavia el trumat Hashem. Right? I'm looking in the 35th chapter on the fifth line there. Right? Take this sort of donation from the, the offering to God from everyone. Everyone, nediv libo, everyone whose heart causes him to do what? Now, normally we translate nedivut as what? Volunteering, charity, giving. Yeah, yeah generosity, right? They, generosity. And, and, and that's it's for sure true, but there's something very strange. Nadiv Libo. Like, why is it in the um, he feel? Right? Why is his heart causing him? Why doesn't it just say he was generous? You know, and it, there's, there's a, a very deep element there that you're, 
that your heart is, is basically moving you beyond the capacity even that your body would go. It's your heart that's driving this process, right? And so therefore, there was kind of no stopping. Once you tap into that deep well, and I know you're someone who knows that in his own work, and it can be even, God forbid, self-destructive. You can drive yourself, you know, you know, burn yourself out. But there's some aspect of heart that when you tap into real Nididut Leib, that real sense of, of volunteer, generosity, et cetera, it's just an, un, uh, there's no bottom to that. And so therefore, most of like, whoa, whoa, I love whoa. that. That's a, that's, a, that's a very deep thought. So you're saying, like, once the flow of giving was, was tapped into, it's almost like it just kept flowing and flowing until yeah. there had to be, like, Correct. It wasn't, there needed to be something to say. Stop. Yeah, I didn't have to move my heart. I didn't have to say, gosh, you know, really, that Mishkan, it's, it's kind of important to God. I, I can really, we're going to keep that, I don't know, acacia wood for the kids or something, but I don't know, get it. Yeah. No, it's like, oh, wait, my heart says God wants. Like, I hear my heart saying, God wants, God wants, God wants. I'm like, oh, gosh, God wants? That, this, hey, honey, take off the earrings and like, oh, kids, you know, those pants, you got another pair. Like, you know, like, give it, give it, give it. And suddenly, Moshe has to actually stop them. It's critical to understand that, that as a archetype in spiritual practice, remember the Mishkan, we're building a place where God can dwell. We have this notion of building the Mishkan in our hearts. So one of the ways, one of the, that's what I meant by motion to the heart, one of the things that we can all do is to find that place within ourselves that our heart moves us to give. Because there are places where our head moves us to give. We make a moral judgment that I should do this. And that's fine. I'm not denigrating that at all. God forbid. There's the places that each of us have that once we hit it, we just, we have to. It's no like it's a flow. And finding those places is one of the two critical elements for successfully making our own lives into a place that God can really go. Now, the, the Medrash laughs a little bit at the Jews a tad, and it yeah. says, well, when they, were, when they were asked to give for uh, idolatry for the golden calf, they were also willing to give. And then when they were asked to, to give uh, for the tabernacle, they were also willing to give. There's something about the Jewish people that is, one, willing to give. Two, that flow could also be directed in a bad way. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, or maybe that really they were so hungry for any kind of spirituality and you just have to channel it. There's many, many ways to understand that. Sure. But the bottom line is that the Medrash kind of just a little bit makes fun of, of the Jews and is like, yeah, you were willing to give for this, you were willing to give for this. And, and by the way, it's, it's known that Jewish charitable giving in, in places like the United States is the majority for hospitals, ballets, uh, uh, you know, uh, well, stadiums. Now, and in our generation. But let, let's not forget that um, there, it, previously, like if you look, you know, I did all these episodes on um, uh, our early American, you know, like say early 20th century or the late 19th, early 20th century Jewry. Um, and you see consistently as Jews were shedding the traditional European model of religion, the thing which became definitive of Jews in America in particular was giving. And there it was giving to one another. It was giving to Jewish organizations. And so much so, you see these in the, in the first, um, what are they called? First, the, the primary documents. Like reading newspapers and shul. A person who doesn't give money is a Suffolk Jew. It's like, yeah, really? Right. You don't, he, doesn't, he doesn't give. Hey, he doesn't, he's not a Jew. Like today, God forbid, people like go pointing fingers at each other. Oh, he doesn't support Israel. He's not a Jew. Or, Oh, he doesn't keep kosher. He's not a Jew. Then it was like, oh, you don't give ten percent of your income to Jew. He's not a Jew. So I hear what you're I saying. That, but. I think it. I think what it goes to really say is that Jewish people. Uh, one of our major roles, I think, I define it as really to be a cat, a, a channel, a, a conduit. Yes, a conduit. 
And that, that's just one of the main roles of a, of a Jewish person. And it could be in ideas. It could be in spirit. It could also be in, in, in creativity. It could also yeah. be in, in actually giving welfare money. and, uh, well, yeah, money. Well and, and, and being, right. And, and, okay, God gave me this. I'm, I'm channel, channeling it onward. I'm, I'm continuing to be a conduit. It's what God uh, says to Avram. Bracha. You will bracha. be bracha. Meaning you're yes. just going to be more. More right. is going to come into the world through you. Right. I think, that, I think that Jewish people should kind of internalize that and, and certainly without, without looking at anybody, down at anybody else, but just to understand, like, my job is to be a conduit. Uh, yeah. And, and the, the, real, the real Jews that I find that are messed up are the ones that, that don't understand that their, their gift to this world is to be a conduit for something uh, and, and are kind of just focused on hoarding or, or, you know, kind of focused inward, as you said before, like, that's kind of question mark if that's a Jew. Uh, but really, most Jews are a conduit one way or the other. Now let's let's shift uh, to one more topic, which is sure. uh, the question is the question is what comes first, the external or the internal? And one of my favorite Rashi's in the whole Torah is this uh, discussion between Bitzalel and Moses and Moshe Rabbeinu about what should come first, the the outer housing of the tabernacle or the, the inner right, the outer structure or the inner vessels. vessels. Right, so, so you have Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu. It's obvious what he wants. He's all about the meaningful stuff. Yeah. He's all about the service of God. So he says, give content. me a menorah. He's a content guy. Right, right. Give me a menorah. It needs a menorah. Yep. Uh, give, me a, give me a show table. We need a, give me an incense altar. Right, uh, right. But Patel's like, no, I, no, no, I need no, the crewmate to talk to God. Right, I need the stuff. I don't care about the externality. I don't care where it's housed. I don't care what the platform is. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't care if, if, it's, if it's on uh, this network or that network or, or this podcast server or that podcast server. You're even deeper. I don't care if no one ever hears it as long as I'm able to connect to God. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and this is one of the biggest challenges that I have a, have a good mentor and friend, my co-author, Dave Mason, I know you know and, and, and love and respect as well. And he changed my life when he pointed out to me, we used to have this argument about whether good content needed to be spread. And his whole argument was that you can't call content good content if no one listens. And in the end of the day... No one's listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the end of the day, he won me over. I mean, my right. idealistic side is still there where I believe in my ideas. At the end of the day, Shuma, if, like there's no platform. Right. If people can't go to the Mishkan, then what difference does it make that Moshe is connecting to God on that level? Right. And that's what, that's what our great rabbi, Steve Jobs, Rabbeinu Steve Jobs said, right? <laughs> a, a good artist's ship. Yes. You're supposed to ship. You're supposed yeah, to ship man. stuff out. Mamish, uh, are we? And so, right. I put out yesterday. Yeah. I was like pulling teeth. I put out an episode yesterday. I was like, like, like stirring the stove with my left foot. I'm like, like homeschooling with the right. Like, speaking <laughs> of the microphone, never be quiet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and that's what we're doing uh, right now, also here uh, with this discussion, and and just just to round it out, uh, Batsalal said to him, "No, uh, we got to create the housing for it. We got to create the structure for it, and then we can put in the vessels. And that's the nature of this world. First, you have uh, the house, then you put in furniture. I would take it further, which is first you have a baby whose form, and with time, that content and meaning enters that child." And, and he becomes a full, he or she becomes a full-fledged human being. But first, you've got to get the hardware. 
you need hardware in order to house the software. That's the bottom line. And it's uh, a constant project. Both are a constant project, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning, meaning they, they, that's why Hillel saw taking care of his physical being, and so kind of Rabbi Hillel, right, um, as a cum of a hafta lerecha kamocha, loving your neighbor, so to speak, as yourself. They, your physical body that houses your soul is a critical element all through your life. We're seeing right. this today, right? Right. And it's important to, to say, back to the digitization discussion, it's important to say digitality, that's a term I just made up, mm. uh, is it's not bodiless. It's not disembodied. It's just the body is in a software like this uh, on my Samsung you know, Note 10 phone here and, and on the uh, Zoom platform. Like somebody's building that kind of, of platform in order so we can do this thing. We have to respect that. Um, well, you know what really changes is um, is the intimacy which comes from touch. I don't want to go too far, right. but it is actually a, a, a critical part of our parsha because one could very easily ask, "Wait a minute, we're talking about God." Okay, yeah, the Mishkan is beautiful and it's fancy, but like, what does God need a house? And you could say, "Okay, so they were primitives. They came out of Egypt, which was steeped in idolatry, and this was the only way in which they'd be able to relate to God." But but really, we're working toward abstract contemplation. Some people read the Rambam, for instance, in more of the Buchem that way. But in the end of the day, they can read the Rambam that way, but the Rambam also wrote Hilchos Beit Bechira, right? the laws of rebuilding the temple, because, because the physical place in which we meet God, let it be soon, let it be now, I can see right out my window, right behind me. I won't confuse everybody by turning the computer around. Right, The backside of Jerusalem, right over that hill, there's going to be a brick and mortar. <laughs> right, got, brick and mortar. It, yeah, right. yeah, but 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 the but the daily relationship to that brick and mortar may very well be through this kind of thing. I mean, you yeah. can say you may go there, yeah, at once, three times a year, or once in a lifetime, that type of thing. Um, uh, but the, yeah. but your weekly daily connection to it may come through a temple cam. But there's a nature the relationship which is anchored in the physical. That's what I'm driving. Yeah, at. It's a yeah. fundamentally yeah, absolutely. different relationship. I'll tell you, I, I met with a couple recently. Um, and most of the work I do in my counseling is actually like this. Um, and I find people, it's great, it's fine. I mean, look, we're talking to each other, although we have an existing relationship. But I strive to the best I can to um, meet people, if not the first time, at least sometime early on face-to-face. -face. I find once you've established right. the physical meeting, it's a fundamentally different relationship on these platforms. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to supplant that. I, I'm just considering... You're trying to get out of coming to part days when they open our doors anymore. You don't want to schlep in Jerusalem anymore. I can't know where you're after. Right, no. <laughs> I don't want to schlep in because, because I don't want to get in trouble with my wife who is taking this, uh, this pandemic quite seriously. And, and well, your wife is so. Hungarian. That's a surprise. Yeah, no, I went to Minion this morning, like the last Minion. Yeah, like, no, I, we already like we locked the, the doors of our shul a couple of days ago. Right, so Chabad was still having like a Minion. To, this morning I was the 10th guy, literally 10 guys standing meters apart. And, yeah. uh, yeah, uh, but I, I, you know, uh, yeah. So, you know, so I'm, I'm just asking myself, what is God really forcing us to, to, to learn about? What is He forcing us to learn about? And uh, that's a powerful <laughs> thing, you know. And I, uh, anyway, and, and we decided to do this thing, for example, in video, which is um, a step, a step above, yeah. uh, just, just audio. Anyway, uh, life, life is definitely. This is, a, this is a great question mark. This, uh, this moment here. The brave um, new world. It's a brave new world. And the, and the other thing that we have to be so careful about is, uh, is depression. A lot of people are succumbing to depression. 
I've seen it. I've seen people talk about it. And we really have to make sure that we don't succumb to depression right now. So Chris, um, I'll tell you, we use this term social distancing, which I mean, I understand yeah. why I use it. But the reality is, don't forget that that's a physical distancing. What we actually need right now is, is social intimacy, right? Meaning, right. meaning what, the phone call that you thought should make, or the, like the, the, the friend that you goes through your mind and says, I wonder how that's doing, make the call. Send the email. Yeah. I'm telling you, nobody ever got upset because you overstepped your bounds by reaching out. It's funny you say that because, because friends of mine have just been writing to me. They're like, are you okay? Yeah. Okay. And people are just kind of reaching out. I'm going to try to make those phone calls. But I also find that there's another person that you've got to get in touch with, which is, which is a little bit yourself. Like the dichotomy is, I also think that like during this time of being quarantined in the house, this uh, isolation, like not to overly be addicted to the phone and the yeah. computer, to also spend time with, you know, meditation and, and get into those deep, deep thoughts oh. that a Kodesh Baruch Hu, you know, puts into this, into this other piece of hardware, this, this most yeah. mysterious of all hardwares, which well, is the that's, brain. Well, because it's the Mishkan of the soul, right? Right. It's really, and what's, in, what's the Hebrew term for quarantine? Uh, 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 be dude. Right. So everybody, we've been forced into national heat quota dudes. Right. That's right. Right. We've Which I like to call it. I like to call it be dude. Be dude. You got to be. No more doing anymore. Be dude. Right. You got to be dude. You got to be dude. That's it. You could borrow that. I am going to. Yeah. Yeah. Just got to be dude. I'll cite you. Don't worry. Listen, uh, let's finish up. Um, my, both my phone is almost out of battery and my headphones. All right, but, but so just, uh, can I get the other emotion of the heart out there for you? Because I know you want to go somewhere, but can I just put it out for people with the other emotion of the heart yeah. for building that Mishkan is? Because it relates. Yeah. If you look at the beginning of, well, it, I'll give it you chapter verse, 3521. Um, the other part of the opening of the, of the donation is, so again, they're bringing all these people who, who were moved to donate, but it's a new language. Notice again, his heart is doing what this time? Lifting him up. So it's, right. like, it's a beautiful thing because it's not enough, just enough to sort of like tap into that well of generosity, of, of boundlessness. Like you said, that everybody should just be a channel between heaven and earth. Heaven's infinite, so therefore you can bring it. There has to be a loftiness to it. Just imagine what it is when Moshe turned to a bunch of people who've been slaves for 210 years, said, we're going to build a house for God. You know what their instinctive response would have been? I, I, I work with mud bricks. Right. You want me to weave like the colors of a kingly robe? You want me to do fine work in gold and silver? Like I, I, I gather straw and mud into bricks. No, everybody who had that sense of like, you know what? I can do it. You have to have that vision, which is just beyond what you thought you were capable of. Those are the two pieces. I just wanted to share that with you. Very good. Very good. This is Hashem. And how does it really, I think that ties into the very end of the project, which is when it's all, when all the bricks and mortars is actually put together, when the, when the things are placed in the right place, suddenly uh, God, yeah, God's presence enters. I have this video that I wanted to make a long time ago. And it showed basically a, a, a planet. And as it zooms in more and more towards this planet, you see that, that everything is actually made up of microchips. All the buildings and all the things that you thought are actually microchips. And all the people that you thought are people are actually but like an electric current passing through this grid. Mm. But it's kind of grayish. It's kind of like empty. It's like it's there, but it's dull. Uh -huh. And then suddenly 
kind of the heavens open and a big microchip starts to come down from the heavens. And this microchip fits exactly into this motherboard, exactly where you see that there's these other, and then when it, when it lands and it like plugs right into the plugs, suddenly a golden electric light, golden like, like goes through all of those circuits and all the different little blips that are actually human beings that are like represented as a little electrode or electron or whatever it is, electricity going through these wires suddenly gets lit up in this golden light instead of a gray light. And all the, these electrons turn around and start heading towards that chip, which is obviously shaped like a temple in Jerusalem. That's chazak. You got to make that happen. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Right. That was, I that was, so. but it was like, a, that'd be cool. Also, by the way, this morning I found the verse, which is the ver- which is the verse for me right now. Um, I'm not sure if I press buttons on the phone; it's going to mess it up, so I'm not going to do it. But I think the words are. Um, no, it, it uh, shouldn't be, mess it up. It should mess it up. So let me find no. it then for a second. Can you hear me? Is everything? Am I still there? Yeah, you're fine. Your your video froze, but I can hear you just fine. Oh, my video froze. My That's video fine. froze. I'm coming right. I'm coming right back, friends. I'm coming right back. I I found a verse that it was so moving to me. Uh-huh. Uh, that I thought was uh, the most important verse that I've seen in a long time uh, for, for, for my family, but I cannot find it so easily at this time. Uh, the verse was okay. uh, that, 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 um, that, am I back? Am I back you in video? Just fine. Yeah. Uh, that, that Pinchas prayed, right. and, the, and the, um, the plague was, was stopped. stopped. When Phineas prayed, Pinchas, Pinchas is later on in Elijah the prophet. It's in Tehillim. I was saying Tehillim this morning at, at uh, the Chabad Shul, last, at the last minion. <laughs> that last, last trade. Turn off, turn off the lights, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but I thought to myself, we really have to turn right now uh, to, to, to heaven, and we have to pray like Elijah the prophet, like Pinchas, and maybe hope that a great righteous person is somewhere out there really praying to God and talking to him right now. Uh, the, the, the kind of uh, Kabbalah tells us that in any generation, there are 36 hidden righteous people that are, that are holding up the world. And we need to ask for this world to be, to be held up right now uh, in, this, in this traumatic moment, amen, amen, traumatic amen. economically. And, uh, and we need that blessing. We need to pray and we need, to, we need this plague to be stopped. And as, may, as you were saying at the beginning of the show, May we come out of this uh, really strengthened, uh, maybe with a greater knowledge, a greater, more important knowledge, and a, certainly a greater connection to our family, to the earth, to ourselves, and this Rath to the Torah of Israel and the Ba'adim. Mamish Nasebel, that's the Amen. All right, my friend. Rabbi Mike Four, thank you so much for joining me and letting me join you oh, on this platform. Pleasure. And uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's keep it up. Let's keep broadcasting in this time. We will. All right, I'll see you soon. Yalla, Tadarabah, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. This week on The Jewish Story with Rav Mike Foyer, Eli Cohen. Our Man in Damascus, Israel's Greatest Spy. Ellie Cohen was being trained to go deeper into the Arab world than any other Israeli spy ever had. He carried with him a powerful miniature radio transmitter hidden in the false bottom of an electric food mixer 
his electric shaver was a long-range antenna. Even his toothpaste tubes and jars of face cream were filled with chemicals to make high explosives. Join Rav Mike Foyer as he takes us through the Jewish story leading up to the Six-Day War on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.